0: The generosity of Oxner Lafayette General makes this podcast possible. As Acadiana's largest regional health system, the organization has more than 5,500 employees and includes eight hospitals, more than 100 clinics, urgent cares, and professional centers. Its flagship hospital, Oxner LGMC, is the region's only Level 2 trauma center and one of two teaching hospitals in Acadiana. Oxner Lafayette General strives to put patients first and makes caring, their top priority. In continuous efforts to reach more patients, Oxner Lafayette General maintains its commitment to keeping care local and making health care more accessible for everyone. For more information, please visit oxner.org Lafayette. Today's podcast is brought to you by Lafayette based Vimed, a national leader in post acute respiratory care and sleep therapy. Vimed currently serves over 96,000 patients throughout the U.S. and employs nearly 1,000 people, including hundreds of dedicated respiratory therapists who help those diagnosed with COPD breathe better. Vimed is committed to empowering people to live their life. The company's motto. Visit ViMed.com for info about how they can help you breathe or sleep better. Our guest today is Carlos Tardero, renowned for his expertise in all things relating to wine. For 40 years, he and his brother Gene were the resident wine experts at Marcello's Wine Market in Lafayette. After the sale of Marcello's last year, Carlos retired from working full-time, but he is still providing his expertise for pairing wines with food for the grateful customers of Champagne's in the oil center. Carlos has a rich family history, a native of Palermo, the capital of the Italian island of Sicily. He's lived in the U.S. since 1961 when the family moved to New Orleans from Sicily. I'm excited to welcome Carlos to Discover Lafayette. Well, Thank you for joining us today. <laughs> but I'm glad to
1: be here. I'm excited to be here. I listen to your podcast every so often, and you got some wonderful guests coming over all the time. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome.
0: Thank you. I know and you I, know a lot of the chefs that I've spoken to. I know se- to.
1: several of the people yeah. that you interview with. I was looking through a list the other day. I know from uh, Joe Abraham to to several other people down the down the alphabetical list, and I know <laughs> several of them wonderful people. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad to be in the same class.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we definitely are, Carlos. I have met you throughout the years, and I know you've got some close friends, and you have a legion of followers who really were avid and still are probably avid shoppers at Marcelo's wine market.
1: Yeah, they are. We're very fortunate. We have had a, a group of loyal following at Location, at all locations, at the restaurant, at the one shop, and other places too, as right, well. Right, right. Very nice people. We are fortunate. I was fortunate to have met a lot of wonderful, kind, generous people all my life. Mm-hmm. I never forget. We were on the train after we left New York. We arrived in New York, nineteen sixty-one. It was cold. <laughs> my God, it was cold, <laughs> and I used the kind of weather. And yeah, I was. We took the train to go from New York to New Orleans. And I guess must have been a little young boy, 15, 16 years old at the time. I must have been lost. And there was this cute little young girl. She guessed she felt sorry for me, and she gave me one red apple. <laughs> I said myself, oh, my God, everybody's so nice. There was, they set the tone, I guess, for everybody I met mm-hmm. in my lifetime, throughout my lifetime. But a lot of wonderful, nice, kind, generous people. And no. I feel like that's what we are as a right. country. We are wonderful, kind, generous people. And many occasions, not not only the red apple, the young girl, name I don't know who she was, I never saw her again in my life. I don't know where she was from, but other people have been very kind and generous to me mm-hmm. in many ways. Let
0: Sometimes me ask you I this. need to, but well.
1: I try to and I try to repay as much as I possibly can, mm-hmm. because you know. It's uh will give comes back.
0: I wanna let you set the stage for your family who was coming here from Sicily, from Palermo, and you, you didn't speak English. Correct?
1: No, we did not speak one. No one word spoke of English? English?
0: No one in your family?
1: No one. My father didn't. I did not my brother I had English in high school, but I flunked. I was not a good student. <laughs> 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 and but not enough for me to Maybe say yes. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I was fortunate. When we came to this country, we, we arrived in New York. And first thing I had to do, my father said, that's when I had to grow up. Carlos yeah. Calogero. My name, my name is not Carlos. My real name is Calogero. Okay. Born name. Go at the custom office, pick up some paperwork, whatever. So, oh, my God, I said to myself, I got to go. So I went there. That's when I really had to grow up. Anyhow, yeah, they were very kind. They gave me paperwork I needed and were able to disembark, I guess, mm-hmm. and take the cab, which was, I remember this day, it was an old was a station wagon with the wooden slats all around. Uh-huh. We don't see them anymore around. I've said, saying, I car? what is this? Anyhow, yeah, they went to say, Grand Central Station, First thing I did when I arrived on Grand Central Station, I found one nickel on the ground.
0: You remember this, just I remember like that yesterday. this yesterday,
1: yeah. I said, five cents, oh my God, mm-hmm. I found mine on the ground. So mm-hmm. I was just at the stage. Anyhow, we were on a train. I we told about, about the girl who came to the airport to me. She felt sorry for me, p- p- nice girl. I don't know who she was. Anyhow, we up in New Orleans. We stayed at my aunt Lucy's house. My mother had never met her. She had never been in Sicily. She was born and raised in Gretna. She was kind enough to take us in, mm-hmm. myself, my brother Eugene, my brother Mario, and my brother Marcello, who at that time were two or three years old, my mom and my dad. Took all six of us in, in a house in Gretna. How generous of her to do that to people she had never met before in her life. Mm-hmm. How generous, how kind of her.
0: I'm curious, so y- you arrived here in 1961. You had a big family. I mean, that was a big family. Yes. Did Did everyone end up becoming U.S. citizens in, in their I became, lives? yes.
1: My father was an American citizen. He spoke no English whatsoever. Mm-hmm. He was born in Pueblo, Colorado, 1915. But his mother went back to Sicily in 1920. I guess it was too cold out there for, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my grandfather went back to Sicily in 1935 or so. He passed away soon after that. But my father never spoke English. And then I served in the American and Italian Army during World War II. I was, never went anywhere. And anyhow, and... Uh, then, after a while, say, said, well, Let's go back to the United States. My cousin Blaze had moved here in the United States in 1958 or 59. So my, my he mm-hmm. saw his, his brother, my Uncle Joe, came over here at the same time. And my father followed up one year, two years after that.
0: Yeah.
1: It took, as a matter of fact, they didn't want to give him American citizenship. So my father wrote a letter to President Kennedy. Oh. I guess that's later somewhere in the archives. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and anyway, uh, and a few months later, we had a visa to come to the United States and uh-huh. we came in.
0: Yeah. And you never went back, you personally? I've been on once
1: or twice in Italy, uh-huh. We just vacationing. Mm-hmm. And I saw some people, you know, that's about all. Okay. my brother Jin off more often than I, but I never did go back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, then I moved to Lafayette in 1980.
0: Talk uh, about that. What brought you to Lafayette?
1: Well, I was working for AMP. And uh, I got tired of working over there after 18 years. I was young. I was 18 when I went to work over there. Or 36. It was time for me to move on. I never been on my own. So my brother Marcello told me this restaurant opened up. And the grocery store next to it, Tommy Super Red, which I kept the same name. And I I bought the store from from the owners, and here I am. Mm -hmm. And I never left until... In 1989, I left after the old bust.
0: Yeah, I came back
1: in 1992 because of family situation, because my two young had debt in the family, and I came back here. I've been here ever since.
0: Can you talk about your family history? Like your mother must have been a huge influence on you. You, you're known for your wine expertise, but you've been in the food industry. With your your brother yes, Gene and your family, if you can give people that may not know your background the history of
1: my mama know. was a very good cook. Mm-hmm. She was, she always used minimum amount of spices. That was one of our trademark. Never use a huge amount of spices, and she was very inventive. Being in the in Italy at that time, family on the budget, so she had to be very inventive of what she was cooking, make different dishes with the least amount cost a amount of money, mm-hmm. like pasta with pasta with broccoli, for example, mm-hmm. which is staple in Italy, in Sicily at the time. It is still it's still here. But you know, things that cost very little money and still can feed the whole family of five people with uh, within their budget. Mm-hmm. So she was very she was very good at that. Very little meat we had growing up. Chicken, having chicken was, was a treat. As a matter of fact, my Uncle Joe wrote to my father. My father's name was Ant, luigino Luigi, Luis. Chicken is, is 79 cents a pound, if I remember correctly. You can buy chicken for $2. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, my father said, we can have chicken every day, almost a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyhow, that was fun. Yeah. It was
0: So it was she fun. influenced you and, and Jean- yeah. Your brother and others. So so you moved here in 80 in and survived. You, you survived. I know the restaurant closed during the yes, uh, late 80s. The so. restaurant went very well until
1: 1987, 88, when mm-hmm. there was an the oil bust. Everybody then was then, uh, leaving. Or everybody was leaving, leaving town. Yeah. was uh, like, turn off the lights, less one hour, turn off the light or something like that. Everybody familiar with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyhow, we went through that. And I moved to Memphis with my brother, Marcello. I went to work for a wholesaler, selling wine at the time. I wasn't, and I got, a, I got a strong wine influence. We went to California several times. We met a lot of the best wine makers out of, at the time in mm-hmm. California, Jordan, Fetzer, and uh, was a Moms Winery and so on. A lot of beautiful, lot of beautiful wonderful people. I met Ivan Tamas, he owned Ivan Tamas wine. And uh, so I met a lot of grape wine makers, hard working people in California. They do a mm-hmm. great job in putting up a product that a lot of people will enjoy and love from day one. When they have their first sip, oh my God, this is heaven. Mm-hmm. How can this year go with stuffed grape leaves dissolving your blanc. Mm-hmm. That's a believe me. You try stuff, grey leaves with Sauvignon Blanc or vice versa. That's a combination made in heaven.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing notes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean,
1: <laughs> but the key, like anything else, in one is moderation. I mean, no, you, know, you mm-hmm. cannot drink four bottles one in one night. I mean, you like to, but I can't.
0: Right, right. That's all. <laughs> I need
1: them one time, but not anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is that where you really learned about wines through that experience?
1: That, I knew wine from before because I was selling wine from One Limited with a nice wine selection at a restaurant. So I we was selling wine all along.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I remember when I was working for AMP and I was care of the, one of my job was take care of the wine department. So I was familiar with a lot of That's wines. That. At that time, all those brands you see now on the store, they were not available. Right. BV was the one brand available, Taylor was available, and Gallo, of course, great wines from Gallo, by the way. And I remember we bought some Lafitte Rothschild. for, I think, the price was $8 a barrel. Wow. I said to myself, people must be nuts. Nobody's going to buy $8 for $10 <laughs> for a barrel <bottle> of wine. <laughs> How mistaken I was. <laughs> I mean, it was funny, but anyhow, right. they did a great job. The, uh-huh. And then I worked, when I worked for AMP, was I met a lot of nice people. Tennis Williams, you did, yes, wow, Mr. Williams, uh-huh. and uh, several other people. Mandela, vice president Mandela, and there was Russell Long, the, the senator, not the not the governor, of course. Mm-hmm. I'm not that old yet. <laughs> come on, <laughs> I might be 100 years old, but not that old. how well,
0: how did Mar- Marcelo's um, wine market come about? We, Marce- I, I'm familiar with it. It was on yeah. John Marcelo's wine it moved. market
1: came out like anything else. Restaurant business is tough business, so we had to make some money to increase the sales and the profit for the wine for the restaurant. So we started selling wine on a sidewalk sale. <laughs> and then from there, we <laughs> found out a location. <laughs>
2: sidewalk line, I course. know. Sidewalk <laughs> sale, yeah. Like Kool-Aid. And then and from
0: there,
1: <laughs> we opened the location in the Promenade mall.
0: Yeah, down, which way down Johnston. Which
1: is now no more, which is no more and longer. Mm-hmm. We were there for about two years or so, and then we found the location where they are located right now or down toward downtown on 2800 Johnston Street, mm-hmm. and a nice location. So we moved over there, and we, we were, they were successful from day one.
0: When was right. that? Do you remember the year that you
1: 1994,
0: 95. Okay, so almost 30 so
1: years. It's almost 30-some yeah. years ago.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So that's, it was, the restaurant, the location was very successful location to begin with. I guess it was the first wine retailer in the area mm-hmm. was serious about wine we were very successful we were very well received by customers that's why we met customers we still remember us from the sidewalk sale I remember Clark Castle have been there for 30 years they grew up we, we, we grew up grew old with them they grew old mm-hmm. with us mm-hmm.
0: and uh, well Marcello and I know I was mispronouncing it. Yeah. I want to apologize I'm, I guess Sorry. my English you know um, we've always gone Marcella's for baskets for gifts. I mean, it was oh, yes. really so customer. And I'm saying it in the past because we're talking about your experience, yeah. Carlos. But I mean, it's always been known for excellent customer service.
1: Yeah, that we try to do because you want to, be, you want to treat customers or anybody you come in contact with as you like to be treated yourself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be treated nice, kindly, generous. Right. That's what we try right. to do all the time. Mm-hmm. Even now, when I'm not in business, well, I'm a, I'm a only part-time working part-time. I try to treat everybody the same way, because doesn't do anybody the good for you to regret what you, I should said. No, no, no. Do from day one, treat everybody mm-hmm. fine.
0: Right, right. So you're right. I'm thinking back. Uh, we have total wines now, but before there really weren't a lot of places to buy wine. Not,
1: big, not the big box store. Not in
0: Lafayette.
1: There was uh, then uh, there was uh, so many places opened up, like Costco. They do a, they grab wine selection some of the other locations, but you know the people ex- the town expanding. Therefore, if you can not attract all those box stores in the area, mm-hmm. which is part of life, for you know. You wish it wasn't so at times, mm-hmm. but it's part of life. You better accept that and do the best you can. In the meantime, to stay ahead of uh, bill collectors, <laughs> <No>. right? <laughs> For lack of better words, right, right. You know,
0: yeah. We've had some um, business owners in here, of course, talking about the challenges of. Staying yeah. in business it's a
1: challenge in having your own business especially mm-hmm. in being a small businessman
0: well all the regulations and the regulations
1: taxes. the rules of regulation which are plenty now but not as many as some other parts of the country we're kind of fortunate in this area to have more be more receive more recipient to the small business people mm-hmm. I feel they are in lafayette mm-hmm. other, other, and anyhow... But everything is so expensive. Insurance is a big part of the for a lot of small business people. Insurance is a big bill right. to pay right. for diff, in different ways because with inflation going up right now, you see you, see, you read about it, scratch your head and say, how can it be? We have 5% inflation. So I expect my bill my insurance bill to go up 5%. Not so.
0: No. Right. Was that somewhat of a relief? I know you, you miss working. You, you're telling me that yeah, you working. Yeah, it was some working. kind of relief
1: not being involved with all those uh, nitty-gritty mm-hmm. paperwork over the running a day running your own business. Mm-hmm. Was very, as a matter of fact, I'm very grateful to have the job out there and doing what I like. But when, I then, when I'm done, I'm done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have no more big keys in my pocket to jingle
0: <laughs> around. All the, all the locks, around, yeah. Uh-huh. You yeah.
1: Know, because those days are all wet.
0: Can you talk about Champines? I mean, that's where I saw you last week, and yes. we agreed to do this interview. I'm, I'm so excited about this. They have—it's like every day it's a party there. No, no matter when you go to Champines, okay. you see someone you know. So you must know a lot of the people coming in from your yeah, do. days I, in business. I've been here
1: so long, I know a lot, a lot of people. Mm-hmm in town. I see a lot of people, hey, how nice to see you, what's going on? You know, we become more like we more than necessarily customers. We become family. Mm-hmm. When you when you see people somebody for a long time and know something happened to them, you feel sorry for them, you feel oh my God. They they become family, all those folks. They are part of your life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Uh, You want the best for them, they want the best for you.
0: Right. But when we're in Champagne's, I mean, people hang out and visit. and people hang
1: out, uh have a good time, because that's more like a neighborhood neighborhood hangout place, for lack Mm of a better word. Mm
0: -hmm. So describe your job now as wine specialist, please, I'm the wine specialist.
1: What I do Yes, yes, I go through all the wines, and I make familiar with all the wines. Always a new wine comes out. Trust me. I've been doing this for more than 40 years. There's a new one I right hear I never heard about. Always never fails. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I thought I knew, but that makes you it keeps you humble.
0: So you, you deal with the distributors that are bringing I, I in the I with some these, of the distributors. We have
1: a good relationship with the distributors. We have very good professionals calling on us. They do, the distributors do a good job. They got a lot of professional people calling on the on the trade. Mm-hmm. And uh, I deal with a lot of customers. They have customer questions. They got some young lady who wants a question about what to cook for dinner tonight. What to make for dinner tonight? I goes, I'm going to make steaks tonight. What kind of red wine I need for that? You can tell red wine if you want to, and mm-hmm. so on. You
2: know. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you? So you really are you a consultant too? Um, uh, no, I no. I decided not to do it.
1: Keep things simple. Uh-huh. I, I don't want to do. To 1099 nothing like that, I decide keep things simple. Simplicity is a way of life.
0: Right, right. Well, you've definitely paid your
1: dues. Yeah, I don't. I don't work too many hours. I just about 10 to about 10 to 15 hours a week. Mm-hmm. The people are very kind, very generous, yeah. very welcoming. Mm-hmm. So I feel a home over there.
0: You mentioned to me too that you volunteer. Uh, if you can talk. Yes, about I do that. volunteer.
1: I was I, I was telling Jason earlier. I was at the library picking up some books, and I saw a sign, VITA, V-I-T-A, They look for volunteers to teach English as a second language. Oh my God, I said to myself, I can do that because I turn around, like a pendulum swings. Mm-hmm. You start people learn English, now it's time for me to teach some other young men from different parts of the world how to speak English. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing right now. I get one students, one-on-one classes, and I do twice a week, Monday and Wednesday, 10.30, till about noon. And we teach them how to English.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No need for me to speak Spanish because they, they, they got a nice book, English for Spanish people. Very nice little booklet.
0: Yeah.
1: And we just go through the book, yeah. page by page, and Teaching that proper diction, proper spelling, Mm -hmm. how to write and read English and speak English. I was fortunate when I came to the United States because right off the bat from day one, I was exposed to English speaking people because my Aunt Lucy's children spoke, did not speak Italian. Oh, I see. Therefore, you had to learn fast. I had to speak English. I went to school at West Jefferson, and Miss Martina, the principal, was very kind. First thing he did is a public announcement to all the students: "We were two young men from Italy that speak they do not do not speak English. Welcome them!"
0: Wow! And
1: everybody was very kind, generous, mm-hmm. very kind that they were generous. You know, they helped me out, they helped me out, and so on. Mm-hmm. They were very good people. Mm-hmm. So that was you and Jean that started. Yeah, when I was seven. Yeah, I was seventeen years old kid. Oh my God! I said, "What do we do?" But you know, uh-huh. I graduated from high school the same year, by the way. Right, right. I guess I let him go in this way. Mm-hmm. Then I went to work for AMP, and uh, they put me on full time. Well, within three weeks, I what, worked there.
0: What did your dad do? I'm um, sorry. What did your father do? My for father, work?
1: I, when we came to this country. My father, of course, spoke no English. Mm-hmm. Therefore, he met a gentleman at the paper factory, no, paper warehouse on Chota Street in New Orleans, United Paper Company. it has gone by now. And the guy was, Mr. Riso, put him to work at the warehouse, I guess, loading trucks, unloading trucks, making deliveries and so on. Mm-hmm. Helping out deliveries, he couldn't drive.
0: You can drive because no, you no. can read the street signs. deliveries. Yeah.
1: was new in town in in, in the northern town. Yeah. And make deliveries. And yeah, Then when I finished high school, I went to work with my father for a while. My cousin Carlos said, "Wait a minute. He was working for A.M.P. as a butcher. He said, why don't you come work for at A.M.P. for us?" So he introduced me to the manager of the A.M.P., Mr. Mesa, on Carrollton Avenue, and he put me to work like right away. Mm-hmm. And um, full time, I think, rather within a couple couple within two weeks, I think. And I was there for eighteen years. That's
0: amazing. And then Gene, I, I read, he went on to college my brother
1: Jean, he went to New Orleans he he went to New Orleans, then then he was he was working, then he went to the, then he was drafted. He went to San Antonio, he got out, went back to college, went to college at Loyola. he got a degree in accounting. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he got his MBA somewhere in, in Texas. Then the rest is history. Mm-hmm.
0: Was his love wine also?
1: He loves wine, yes. Uh-huh. He loves wine. It was familiar with wine, more like a merchant type yeah. situation.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And you know, would, we all love wine. And, but wine is, yes, you can love wine, but also you got to make a living, two at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you got to be very careful what mm-hmm. you're doing, you not know, because— Right. We can drink your profits.
0: Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Bottomless pit. No. So, um, can you share maybe some favorite memories or things that happened through the years? I mean, I would think That's running a wine market memories.
1: We had just come to New Orleans, but we have been here about one month. My cousin Carlos, he was driving a small convertible car, red convertible car, Pontiac, I think. and. We were driving the French Quarter, and he put this song in there called The Lion Sleep Tonight. <laughs> I don't know if you remember the song or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I tell you what, I said to myself, my God, this is wonderful. I want to be, I want to stay here. <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> 60 years later, I'm still here. Isn't that amazing? What a wonderful song. To this day, I get the chills every time I hear the song at different times. Because a good memories. A good yeah. memory. Uh-huh. Oh my God, That was a wonderful song.:
0: Well, maybe share I don't know if you have any favorite stories of customers, or maybe you can give us recommendations. Like do you have good recommendations for low-priced but high-quality wines? And Oh yeah. Well, we have a, a lot of
1: people they're not familiar with wines because so some people say, "I want a white. I want a white wine, but it's got be red." Oh my God! I said, this "Okay, let's I see what we for. can do. <laughs> <laughs> let's see what we can do." So,
0: what would you do for that?
1: What would you do for that? <laughs> what you having for dinner tonight? What's your occasion?
0: Uh-huh. Rose, uh-huh. I don't know what they want.
1: <laughs> What's your occasion? Oh, I said, "I'm having. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a I'm meeting meet my boyfriend's mom and pop." Oh my God! I say, oh,
0: yep, pressure. oh,
1: what a good for dinner! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I say, what? I say, what? What do they do for living? Where do they live in town? whether I try to get some middle of the road? Mm-hmm. You don't got some. Remember, too expensive because it's not right. You want some middle of price wise and flavor wise. Mm-hmm. Some can be acceptable to everybody. Someone who does not drink wine on a regular basis. Somebody who's a wine, quote unquote, one connoisseur. So some everybody's be happy. Mm-hmm. And the girl is going to be accepting the family. Exactly. That's more important.
0: Showing good sense and, yeah, yeah her we choices. We don't want the girl to
1: be panicking.
0: Uh-huh. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you God, must yeah. enjoy that, though. I'm oh, gosh.
1: Yeah, it's very, very important. Sometimes it's very important to get a, to find the right product because your future for the, at the time depends on finding the right wine for those people, mm-hmm. for this young lady or young man, for that matter.
0: Yeah, like picking the right ring, you want to make the right indication
1: wrong. What did you pick up from? I don't like No,
0: no, Mm -hmm. no. Do you have a favorite?
1: Yeah, I do. I like Pinot Noirs a lot.
0: Mm -hmm. Any brands
1: that. I do. I drink Pinot Noir. I cannot drink a lot of Cabernet Sauvignon for health reasons. Uh huh. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. But I drink a lot of Pinot Noirs Uh and Sauvignon Blancs. Okay. They're my two favorite wines. Mm hmm. I try to stay in moderate price range, you know, because I, I don't want to, sp- they were wonderful wines in the higher price range, but I don't say moderate price range. Mm-hmm. They, you can be very happy. I enjoy French wines, French Pinot Noirs, French Sauvignon Blancs, which are also, uh, or wine from, Saint- I like wines from Sancerre, which are nice, wonderful wine, Chablis too as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I like good Chianti. And I like a good Sicilian wine called Nero d'Avola. I'm 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 wide open. I try any wine.
0: Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need to stay on top of your business. You know. <laughs> I try on top of the
1: business. <laughs> yeah. I try whatever, whatever summer strike my fancy at time. Mm-hmm. Whatever we're cooking and so on.
0: You know. Sometimes it's surprising that you can get French wines at good prices. Oh, they got know, a lot of good,
1: good reasonable, fr- a lot of French wines at good price. I like Cordon Rouge is good, always a good value. And they got some in the like 14 to 20 dollar price range. I mean, and you know, it can be happy anytime. I mm-hmm. mean, you know. And the history of the wines is fascinating. Some wines go back to the year 11.
0: Yeah.
1: And still. How can it be? Because they've been grown grapes in the property since the year 11, mm-hmm. especially in the Rome region. Mm-hmm. None of the same grapes, the same vines, but in the, the grape-growing area.
0: Mm-hmm. Carlos, in, in Costco, I know they have like Kirkland brands. And I'm sorry? In, in, at Costco, when people shop there, yeah. they have Kirkland brands. Well, how does that work? Like are these mainstream wineries that— Usually give-
1: they are mainstream wineries. They put the wines under their own label, like, mm-hmm. the, like Kirkland and so on label, the, in general. The, their people work for them with wine connoisseur. One expert, they go to the winery from what I understand, and they look. I say, I want a Cabernet Sauvignon, this style, this price point, mm-hmm. and they come up with those wines. There's a lot of wines in California in the world out there, so there's no shortage of wine. So you can come up with any kind of wines mm-hmm. that you want. You want something to say? You got a long finish, short finish, a lot of berries, a lot of black berries, lemony, and so on. People don't realize that. it. It all starts one in the vineyard. Let's say you know, where this building is located, there's a Chardonnay vineyard across Chardonnay. And the grapes that grow for Chardonnay for this vineyard are lemony. The flavor predominant flavor is lemon. Okay. The guy down the street, he also grows Chardonnay. Same grape. But the the flavor are more grapefruit or more tropical fruit. Mm-hmm. So by itself, it could be not good enough to taste. By, com- by combination of two or three different blends of wine, you come up with the final blend or the wine.
0: Have you ever made wine? Have you participated?
1: Um, not too much participate? work. Is it? Yeah, I'm lazy.
0: Patience. Huh?
1: <laughs> no, but I've been at the wineries, and you see those tanks full of wine, lot number one, two, three, four, and so on. Like I just said, this white, this tank's got the grapes all lemony. Mm-hmm. Tastes like lemon, more lemon, lemon, lemon predominant. These are grapes are bland. They're like nothing. C'est Chardonnay or mm-hmm. whatever, whatever wine can be the case. But a combination. So the one maker, they got this big white table. They go to the kitchen. then the lab. They pick up a, it's all chemistry. They pick up a say Two ounce of this here, one ounce of that. And they make a combination. Mm-hmm. Which one, the final combination is more palatable to the style of the house or the winery?
0: Mm-hmm. That's all they do. Did you ever study, um, you know, not formal? A, a I've not study, but I,
1: I got a lot of books, a lot of, a lot of books I've been reading,
0: mm-hmm.
1: studying, reading
0: to learn all this, doing
1: all that. Yeah. yeah, plus you go in there, but you don't know anything until you go to the winery, you see those tanks with luck number one. You look all the metal electric fermentation, tanks, barrels. Mm-hmm. see the barrels being made, all those things. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. Right. Not that's for a lot of people. And always say, yes, I know a lot about wine, but let me tell you something. I always know somebody who knows more about wine than I do. And you can learn. You always mm-hmm. learn some. Mm-hmm. I got a customer. Every day I can see customers, yes, I might know a lot about wine. I paint myself in the back. But let me tell you something. Somebody knows more about you. He can meet can meet in the next five minutes. And I oh. can come across to me all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Where where is Gene now? Is he still
1: uh, Gene, active? He had some uh, health issues, but he's fully retired. He uh-huh. lives in New Orleans uh-huh. in the uh, whole metro He's fully retired. He doesn't do anything right now, just he goes shopping, you go you go the doctor visit. Go go out to lunch with some friends. Mm-hmm. That's about all.
0: <laughs> right. Well, I saw there had been a Marcellos in um, New Orleans, and now it's in. Is it in Covington in that area?
1: The one in Covington. There's a lady, young lady. She was a chef. At, was at she the local? Uh
0: huh. She was local in Lafayette. Yeah.
1: She was. She was. She's from Covington. Okay. And uh, we allowed her to use a name for a restaurant, but don't raise the No. She's very talented. She's very good. We are not involved with the restaurant at all at all. Mm-hmm. But we go there once in a while for dinner. Yeah. And she does a good job.
0: So your brother really was the genesis of a lot of yeah, your my brother career. brother was a
1: restaurant, too, at heart. Yeah. He loved, loved being in the restaurant business. Mm-hmm. So he opened a lot of restaurants. Not everything worked at times, you know, because like anything else, we, we made a lot of mistakes. We, I failed at time many times. A lot of things, but then, uh, but you learn from mistakes, right. and then you do better the next time.
0: Right. Well, we're here with Jason Sikora, who's recording our interview, and Carlos. He will listen to us talk, the, me and the guest, thank and you. then he'll he'll pick up on things that I didn't think to ask you. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> I do have some questions. Yes, Dan. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you for being here. Oh no, glad to be here. This is this is great. Staying on the. The wine kick right now, you mentioned middle-priced wines, or like middle-of-the-road. Yeah. What do you consider price-wise middle-of-the-road versus expensive? Well,
1: I would say anything under $20 oh, okay. is middle-of-the-road now. Yeah. 10 years ago, we'd be $12. Mm. Okay. Because prices are going up. i say anything under $20, you can find a lot of good values on wines. Okay. That's that's good to know. $20, $21, $19. So within the price those
2: price points. Okay, and you mentioned that you like French wines. So I don't know wine very well. What makes French wine different than, say, a California wine? So things things I remember. In
1: general, we're talking about in general. Mm-hmm. Usually, California is one degree warmer per day on the average than it is in France. Okay, especially in, in Bordeaux. So what happens? You got grapes in California wines. They are more exuberant taste, taste profile, oh. because of the warmer stuff. Whereas in California, in France, they are more restrained. They've, hmm. That's 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 a quick way of saying it.
2: Okay, There's, I could write books about that, you know. But interesting. I w- I mean, I knew that it, it all matters, obviously, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. think one, one degree, but it does.
1: It does make a lot of difference. What's happening right now, and a lot of makers are concerned, Pinot Noir, mm. the skin of Pinot Noir, or the Pinot Noir grapes is very delicate. And what's happening with the heat, with the weather change, changing, being a little warm in California, the skin is protecting itself. So the skin of or the Pinot Noir is getting tougher. Okay. Oh. So the flavor profile for California Pinot Noir is slightly changing okay. to be more f- more full body wine. Wow! So it's very important.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow! And well, in keeping up with this, and every year is different, right? Depends A little
1: bit on, depends on the weather. Okay, depends on the weather. Is very important. Mm-hmm. The soil is always the same. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's true.
1: The weather is very important. Can be too hot, too cold, too warm. Too, too long of a rain season and so on.
0: Are wow. there any, are there any Louisiana wines?
1: Yeah, there are. As a matter of fact, yesterday I met a gentleman from uh, Landry Winery in Monroe. They make they bring one in from California to make some of their own blends, mm-hmm. but also make they grow some grapes locally to make some of their own wines. I didn't realize that.
0: Wow, it's so but hot the, here. The
1: problem they here yeah. uh, their humidity. Mm kills the vines, it kills the grapes were are growing, so the grapes the mildew right, immediately.
2: Oh, that, that makes sense.
1: As a matter of fact, there was a gentleman here, uh, it was a professor at UL, who was uh, growing grapes in his back in his front yard on, off Johnston Street. He go by his oh, house.
0: Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. It was a while, about 10 mm-hmm. years ago, 15 mm-hmm. years ago. He must have passed away, I guess. I hadn't seen him in a long time. He was growing grapes. he's the one told me about the mildew on the grapes because we uh-huh. were trying to grow grapes in Louisiana.
0: Yeah. Was that Professor Mayer? I'm trying to think of I don't remember his name. Yeah, That's interesting, though. You just I, I thought Louisiana, you never hear, or at least I haven't heard much about
1: yeah, wines here. Yeah, it, it was a wine, I guess, working at the agricultural department at UL. I see. We were teaching oh. how yeah. to grow grapes. Yeah. You know. mm-hmm.
2: Interesting. Have you ever— had somebody ask you to pair a wine that, like the meal, the food, just you couldn't think of something? is yeah, there, is there any happens. food out there that's really tough to pair? Oh, there are, there are. Okay. I can't remember
1: any foods right now, but French you got fries. some ones. No, for French our last, fries, for our French, last
2: French
1: fries. <laughs> well, tell you what,
0: pretty much anything would go with that. Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: pretty much anything can go there. If I do, if I do, quote unquote French fry, I go maybe. Like Pinot noir to go French fries <laughs> 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 because she said, to, Pinot noir, she said to drink French fries, munch on, and forget about it. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to make it a challenge for me to come stump you someday. Yeah, yeah. It, absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. Do you have any advice for anybody looking to start a restaurant or a bar or something along the lines of what you did? Oh my god,
1: <laughs> it's not easy. Be ready. To fail. Oh. Because many restaurants fail within the first year, two years of opening up a place. Mm-hmm. What I would do if I was opening up a restaurant is give the best quality food, keep those percentage in mind. So give the best quality of food that you can when you serve your meals. That gives a more chance or customer coming back and keeping you alive, then you trying to do, listen to the CPA, Tell you got to do these numbers to make these numbers. Don't listen to the CPA that much because if you, if a lifespan is one year, you must well to give your best shot of what you got while you got a cigar money while what's fresh in your mind.
2: So focus on the product and the customer. So the the the, for, don't product. worry about anything else.
1: Don't worry about anything else. Now, if, if it doesn't work, doesn't work. But at least, you know, you get a good product when to begin with. You can always come back
2: mm-hmm. some other time. Yep. And so on.
0: And that's what we've been hearing, Jason, from other restaurateurs. You know, the first year or two, they really are just immersed in staying alive. Yeah. And then they realized, oh, we do need to have—but he had an accountant. I mean, his brother was an accountant. But they realized they needed good quality help. For business, but they wouldn't have needed it if they didn't stay that's true open yeah you know, no, it, perfecting yeah. their um service, yeah so. it makes
2: sense yeah. you
1: got the, do they get your best shop to begin with
2: yeah mm-hmm. yeah good I, I love that
1: even even retail or anything you go to the best shop to begin with, and then you get more chance of staying afloat for the for long distance for the long term
2: that that makes sense
1: because it's expensive to have a business. Run the business. You got to think about all, all the all the money going out even before you open the restaurant mm. or a building. The rent is due within ninety days, yep. maybe. You got to do some repairs and maintenance. The bedrooms, the kitchen. For if you have a restaurant or retail shelving and so on, you got to spend. You got to lay out all these monies. If you start from scratch, yeah, unless fortunate enough to have uh, places already set up. Yeah. Then you got painting. You do some painting. Put some decors. You got to do some within. Yeah. Got all what you got to do. I would
2: imagine the cost of just building a kitchen. Oh, is man. ridiculous.
1: At least it needs at least five hundred thousand dollars, in my opinion. Wow. To begin with, from oh my scratch. God. How do people do this? From scratch, brand new. You're
0: talking about a restaurant like Marcello's. Like a
1: like a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking yeah. about any type of restaurant. Even if it's barbecue. <laughs> Wow! Yeah. You, need, you need that much because the hood system is expensive for a restaurant.
2: That's what I was thinking. Is just the hood the system and, and then you, it has to you have to keep all that clean.
1: That's right because it's a fire hazard. Yep. You need somebody to come here on a, to go there on a regular basis to clean the hood system for the grease.
2: Yep. Well, so I worked in a restaurant and every Friday, know, every Sunday, I had to clean. I had to pull all the filters out That's and right. scrub them all. Yeah. That's what uh, did you do? So I worked. Uh, I was a short order cook at a golf course. Oh, really? Yeah, for about four years. I
0: didn't know that? So yeah. I mean,
1: that's a lot of that's a lot of work. Be prepared yeah. not to have a life for about four years, five years when it's <laughs> have a restaurant. Wow! Prepare sl- sleep, eat, think that by your business yeah. and nothing else. Passion, yep.
0: passion yep. for what you're doing. Yeah.
1: Because that's the only way you can do it.
2: And
1: mm-hmm. remember, when you so make some money, save it. N- yeah, because expenses always come up. Mm-hmm. Air condition units keep on going out.
2: <laughs> That's the <a> truth. Huh? <laughs> exactly. For leaking like or something. Or something else. Yeah, or, yeah.
1: Or the fryers or yep. some. Yep. Always some. Always some happens. Mm-hmm.
0: So, Jason, what what is what is your cooking expertise? Then, what is your best short order I, meal? Breakfasts. Really.
2: I, I I'm Bacon, great at breakfasts. Uh-huh. That was always my specialty when I was cooking. Eggs, bacon, sausage, right up my alley. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so where, when can I find you at Champagne's? When I come to, to stump I'm there. you, where, where, where I'm are you? i there, there,
1: usually. Tuesday, sometime in the morning, sometime in the afternoon, Wednesday afternoon, and Friday afternoon, 1 to 5. Oh, okay. Simple hours, mm-hmm. very yep. simple. Are okay. you going
0: this afternoon? Um, are you going to work this afternoon from yeah, here?
1: Yeah, I got, I got there, yeah, because I got meet tonight. Uh, on Wednesday, I meet with a group of folks at, uh, at Marcello's restaurant. We have dinner once a week.
0: How nice. Like
1: a dinner club, Romeo club.
0: Uh-huh. What will you order, Dino?
1: Oh, just uh, usually some of the traditional dishes. But everybody, we order whatever we want to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Most, most of the traditional
2: dishes. That's great. Uh, then I have one other comment uh, that I kind of picked yeah. up on was the importance of other people and their generosity. And I think you've brought this mm-hmm. up many times. Right when you came to America, you had people helping you. Oh you had my family God! Yeah. Helping you. I've been helped all the time. And then, and then to see now you're you're turning that around, and now you're the one helping other people. Yes, I was very fortunate. My district manager, AMP,
1: Dan Bushi. It was original from New York upstate new york he was he was a good mentor for me when he, I was manager when I was twenty one years old. He had a lot of faith in me i I could barely speak English all of a sudden Carlos, <laughs> you, I want you to be manager of this store oh man oh my God, I
0: said <laughs> well, you knew how to say yes <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't say yes, of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he had a lot of faith in me, that's and was a good mentoring for me. Yeah. He, taught, he, he came, always gave came a a of tidbit of information for me, to, which to this day still helped me.
2: Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's really important, so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Look, Carlos, thank you for coming down here today. This is great. We're going to come see you at Champagne someday and uh, and, yeah. and pick your brain on uh, pairing some wines. And I like to say something for Vita. They're always looking for volunteers over there. Okay, vi- that's V-I-T-A. a good V-A-T-A,
1: yeah V-A-T-A, yes okay that's a
0: wonderful job it's very important very important for our community that's great right. well Jason Sicor, thank you yeah, thank you Dan. For no, thank you. for recording our show today we're in the beautiful Raider Studios right down the street mm-hmm. from champpins yeah. so it's yeah. a it's a yeah I'm, I'm glad I'm glad
1: came in yeah. there's a lot of more things I could have talked about but you know so much for the, well, so much so much yeah L- listen well, let's say, well, yeah I try to mentor people mm hmm like I got some young people, everybody should do that. Younger, younger. Some comes up, it strikes me. I text some Like say, a pencil can make or break you.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: How can it be a pencil? No. Even you got computers, and all. now a pencil can can ruin you because you can put the wrong numbers down. You can put the wrong information down, and so on. And other other things that try to get some young people to.
0: Right, when you're teaching. They're growing up. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. Well, Carlos Todero, I want to thank you for taking time today, especially given us your history. A lot of people didn't know your background, I'm sure, that you know you came directly oh, yes. from you. from Sicily. And our, our community is so much better off for having had your family here. Thank you so much. Thank you very
1: much. I'm glad to be here, and uh, I, I, like, I like your podcast. I never knew what podcast was until recently. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Well, it's a good thing because you can just listen to them anytime. So we've got about 300... 70 almost, on my website, discoverlafayette.net. So for people that are listening to this, if you haven't gone back, you can look at our guest list and it's alphabetical. Very easy to find. Oh, absolutely. I saw that Thank you. And you can also subscribe to Discover Lafayette wherever you get your podcast. I want to thank you for listening. And in closing, I want to thank our very generous sponsors. Of course, Raider, Oxner, Lafayette General and ViMed. We couldn't do this without your support. On behalf of Discover Lafayette, this is Jan Swift.